Welcome to The Main Edit, a podcast that's all about building standout salon brands. I'm your host, Mickey Old, and I'm a small town girl who dropped out of school and built a wildly successful salon brand from the ground up. Head over to mickeyauld.com to learn more, but in the meantime, let's jump right in. Hi, everyone. Okay, so in today's episode, I want to talk about employing stylists, how you know it's the right time, things you need to be really careful of, things you need things you need to look at within your business before you hire, because I had no flippin' idea of what to look for um, when I made my first hire, and I will be honest, I winged it like everything else in my biz um, for the first four or five years. No idea. It's only been recently in the last three years that I have really gotten so much better with business. I understand my numbers. I know my systems. But before that, she was a hot mess. Let me just say that. So I wanted to jump on today and create a podcast that was all about hiring team. Um, How you know when it is the right time to expand. Because when you hire more people... And I know I was guilty of this. I was like, I'm just going to hire more stylists. We're so busy. I'm going to just go mental hiring people. And at the end of that financial year, I looked at my profit and loss statement and I was like, oh God, my wage percentage was enormous, enormous, scary. And I didn't make any money. I didn't make any money. And the turnover was massive. Like the turnover was huge. A lot of money was coming into my business, but I had no flipping idea of where the money was going out and it was just not a good time. And the mo- the biggest expense were the wages. So that is what I want to talk about today. So as a salon owner, the decision to hire a new stylist is really such a pivotal, pivotal, sorry, what am I talking about? Pivotal moment in the growth trajectory of your business. It's huge. So while it might be tempting to base this decision on, I don't know, something emotional, getting excited, maybe your salon's been a little bit busy the past few weeks and you're like, woo, let's go. And you meet someone or someone applies and you really like them. You're like, yeah, this is going to work. And it's an emotional response. We need to make sure that we are strategic and there are some very major considerations that really should guide this process for long-term sustainable success. Otherwise, I promise you, Dal, you are going to run at a loss and I'm going to get into the other things that can go wrong if you are not like clear on this and if you're not strategic. Okay, so let's talk about the foundation of having you know, stylists, what we need them to do. And we need to chat about, and we need to consider the benchmarks for our existing team. So this is, if you do have team, right? So before even contemplating expansion, it is so, so crucial to evaluate the performance of your current team. And I know you're like, Oh, I don't want to look at their performance. I feel nervous about it, but I'm going to give you some ideas so that you can like change things. Now, you know, this is like the end of 2023. We're going to go into next year. I'm going to give you some great ideas so that you can start off 2024 with a bang, because if you've been to Rancho Relaxo in this space and you haven't looked at performance, Um, and you haven't held your team accountable, then that's an area we need to work on first. We need to nut that out. So I'm going to give you some ideas, but there are several key metrics that can serve as benchmarks. And 
The reason why is because if your current team aren't winning in all of these areas, in all of these areas, if they're not confident in this space, then there is money to be made just there alone. There are holes in your business. You need to identify them. Taking, bringing on a new stylist is not the answer because your existing team are not as productive as they can be and they are potentially not even profitable. So we need to make sure that we are hitting targets and also we have to make sure that we have built a team of winners before bringing anyone new in. We might be like, I just interviewed this person. They've got a great attitude. They're a winner. As soon as that person comes into your business and they're like, oh, no one else is overly productive or no one else is really like pushing for retention or rebookings or whatever it is, it will hurt your salon culture. That newbie isn't going to come in and solve everything. It is up to you as the owner to ensure that your team are set up for success. So what do we need to look for? Well, let's start with bookings. For example, when uh, your team, sorry, should be booked out like six weeks in advance and you can tier this. So you might be like my emerging senior. So someone who's just qualified, I want them to be booked out a couple of weeks in advance. I want my senior stylist um, to be booked out a month in advance. I want my masters to be six weeks in advance because they have to, it, that will indicate that your brand and that your stylists are in high demand. And that means that there is going to be a steady flow of revenue. It also means that your current stylists are guaranteed a wage because, I mean, I know you have to pay them anyway if you've got employees, but their clients are their wage. So we need to make sure that they are already booked out. Retention rate, super important. We want to aim for a retention rate of at least 70% because a high retention rate signifies client satisfaction and loyalty. And not only are they going to return for services, but they are so much more likely to recommend your salon to others. And if your current team do not have a high retention rate, the chances are, obviously, you are losing clients through broken strategies or lack thereof. So we need to train your team in like your ideal appointment flow. They need to be all across consultations and how you want them to do, to deliver those. Their rebookings have to be top notch to ensure that this increases. Otherwise you might be, um, you may have set up Google ads, Facebook ads. You might be smashing the shit out of yourself trying to get your Instagram right. And your marketing efforts are paying off. You're seeing new people coming through the door, but it might be a big leaking bucket because those people aren't coming back. You need to pinpoint why that's happening and fix that before you hire again. So rebooking rate, which essentially is going to lead to a high retention rate, right? So we want to aim for like 65% or similar to retention, like 70% and above. That is a strong indicator of client loyalty again. And it shows that Clients are not only returning because they are committed to regular appointments, um, but it means that you are going to have consistent revenue again. Do not be lazy, rule of thumb. I was way, way too lazy with this. I became so reliant on online booking systems um, that our retention rate uh, in the year where I hired too many people, we made no money. Our retention rate was like 30% and it was so low because we were all, we'd get to the end and we'd just be like, Anyway, I guess you just book online. I'll just see you whenever. Bye. Terrible. 
strategy. Do not do that. We need to make sure that we are training our existing team in the importance of rebooking. Um, and so that kind of ties into creating hair journeys, right? So we really want to ensure that our clients come back. We want to make sure that they are really well looked after. So in that consultation framework, right at the beginning when they come in, we want to talk about this is what we're doing today. This is the maintenance. This is the journey that we create. So you have already directed that you are in control of that client's maintenance journey and you are rebooking so that they are coming back, right? We want everyone to be stellar at that. Next is your home hair care percentage. So <clears throat> as it stands now, obviously it is really hard to smash it in this space with the likes of like Adore Beauty, honestly, like RIP, but if we can aim for 25% for the total salon, that is a good, that's a good healthy point. If, if your team really love the products that you stock and if they are confident in the products and if they place value themselves on exceptional home hair care, they will do well in this area. And that is honestly the truth. I will admit, I myself am not a huge retail person. I don't place value on it, which is terrible. I will use, I mean, I'm not, I will not use supermarket brands. I will not do that. But I know that I value skincare. I'm highly likely to go and spend $400 on facial creams and whatever else to make my skin look beautiful and to keep me young. But my hair, I'm like, whatever. The reason for that is because like, I've always just been blessed with very... I don't know, very easy hair and it's never been an issue for me. It's never been an area that I have been or felt insecure in. And it shows because I've had to work really hard at like recommending retail. My clients always ask me, they're like, what have you done with your hair? You have so much hair. It's so long. How's it grown? I'm just like, mm, it's just genetics. Like I've just been blessed. But for people that are coming into your salon and if they have a problem and they want a certain result, we need to be solving their problems. So we have to get comfortable in that space. And that is something that I have had to work on. There are members in my team who smash it in this space. They blitz the 25%, like kill it because they place value on retail. So if you are finding resistance in this area, your team might be like me, right? Like they might not place value on retail. And so it's important that we unpack why that is, but also shift their mindset so that they know like someone else will place value on that. They're coming in, they're spending a lot of money on their hair. It's expensive, right? To get a full head of highlights, tip outs and, and tone and all the other and all of that. Um, we're not paying for that as hairstylists. So we need to like step into their shoes. We need to understand the investment that they're making. And of course, therefore, it is so important that they maintain these results through home hair care. So you might just need to do some training in um, buyers like psychology or something like that. You might need to unpack it a bit further with your team. Okay, the fifth thing that's really important when it comes to your existing team is building their confidence in filling appointments. So your existing team should demonstrate confidence in managing appointments effectively. Um, efficiently, they should be able to fill gaps in their schedules. So if they've got an Instagram account, like this is the, this is the joy of being an employee, especially in a luxury, high performing salon, you don't have to do anything to market yourself. Yes, you have to, um, you know, show up, do great work, keep your clients happy, but you don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to get paid tomorrow. Like if you're an employee, 
that is guaranteed when you are working for a luxury uh, salon that it has effective marketing. But what we want to make sure is that our stylists do understand that it is up to them to ensure that their clients are coming back. And also if they have socials, um, that they are posting on that and making an effort to fill appointments um, where they're needed as well. Now, if you have a front of house manager or you have a receptionist, it is absolutely one of their biggest jobs. It is their job to make sure that there are no white gaps and limited unproductive time in stylist books. You should be able to make their wage back, absolutely, if not two times their wage every single week, just from them ensuring that books are filled. So you should be able to see a difference from when your front of house or reception has worked as opposed to, you know, hasn't come in for a shift. You should see that they have like called people, they have followed up, they have sent uh, SMS reminders, they have a lost client strategy with which I'm going to get into soon. It is their job to ensure that your salon is booked and busy, otherwise you can't afford to have them. There is no point having them there. You could pay someone to do you know, to be a virtual assistant and do their role probably a whole lot cheaper than to have someone working in the salon. It is their job to ensure that you are busy and booked. So that is something that I want you to focus on before you think about hiring the next person, right? Okay, so how can we get ready for expansion? So I touched on lost client strategies. So before expanding, it is so important that you have a robust strategy in place for getting those lost clients back in your door. We really want to analyze the reasons that clients leave and create targeted approach approaches, sorry, to win them back. It can obviously um, prevent a decline in client numbers. And it is important that you pull your clients, um, sorry, your clients not retain reports and identify how many clients you've lost. It will make you feel a little bit sick in the tummy. And I know it's kind of like when you, go out for cocktails with your girlfriends and then next minute, you know, you've woken up and you're like, what the hell happened last night? And you're afraid to check your bank account. Um, but once you do it, you're like, right, that's what, that's where I went wrong. Moving forward, I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Here's my strategy. It's kind of like that when you look at your lost client report, it is honestly so insightful. Like if you look at your clients not retain a report or depending on what software system you use, it might just be lost client report. Um, you will be shocked. You'll be like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like we might be getting, I don't know, 10 new clients a week, but we have lost a thousand clients this year. Who knows? So you can work on this and your front of house should also work on this. You should do some brainstorming and identify how many clients you've lost and how you're going to get them back. So are you creating email campaigns, SMS campaigns? And also, obviously this is layered. You need to look at your team. Is there a particular stylist that is losing more clients than, you know, another stylist? What are some things that they're maybe not doing? And it's not to shame them and be like, all right, you don't, they, they're just not aware. We need to obviously coach them and guide them in that space to ensure that their retention rate is high. Generally, if your retention rate is high, chances are you lost client um, percentage is pretty low, right? So just make sure you're onto that. Okay, so being financially prepared. So we wanna make sure that your salon can financially support a new stylist wage for 
ideally at least six weeks without relying on additional revenue from that new stylist because this buffer provides time for that new stylist to build a client base without hemorrhaging your cash flow, which uh, I have done too many times. So when stylists enter a new business without a following, which is generally the case with employed stylists, a few might trickle over, but you know, it's minimal. It is going to take time for them to actually turn a profit. It takes time for salon owners to make a profit from new stylists. It really does. And that's why you need to be certain that you can get someone earning at least three times their wage ASAP, especially, especially if you have negotiated a high hourly rate. So if you have fought hard for someone, um, and this can be the tricky thing with people who have a lot of experience and who are super talented, they might negotiate an hourly rate that's like, you know, in $30, $40 or whatever. Um, and you need, like I have done interviews with people and they have said to me flat out, you know, moving from a different uh, state. And so no idea if they're going to stay in my state. They're just like, you know, want to see change. And they have asked for $100,000 a year. And I'm just like, um, okay, okay. So how long is it going to take you to earn three at least three times your wage more than that because we've got it depends on your business right and how your business is structured but you need to ask them and you can you should feel empowered by that if you are negotiating an hourly rate with someone they're like this is what I'm worth you should be like okay well well first I would say have a probation period of it's um in Queensland it is three months minimum, but you can extend it. So extend the probation rate to, you know, six months. You could put a clause in there that says you're allowed to extend it at any time, work with a lawyer to draw up your contracts. It just gives you wriggle room. Um, but this is why I prefer to negotiate like a lower hourly rate, but profit share. And when you have a luxury salon brand and people are spending, people are going to make really good money but it will be based off performance because if you pay someone a high hourly rate and they are not effective because that's, you know, that's easy. Like they're going to get paid that high rate regardless of how they perform. Scary stuff. You need to make sure that you negotiate with that person that you say, okay, well for this much money, how are you going to earn this in my salon business? Get them thinking if they are confident enough to come to you with a figure like that, Put it back on them and ask them what they're going to do to ensure that they make a shit ton of money for your business, basically. So make sure that you look at that. Appointment stacking. So we all know it's no secret. I love apprentices and emerging team. Love them. I think they are honestly key to a successful and sustainable salon brand. I could honestly say it till I'm blue in the face. So maximize the efficiency of your existing team by implementing assistance and apprentice roles. So this ensures that your experienced stylist can focus on high value tasks while building the skills for emerging team members. It's such a win-win, right? So your seniors should be doing all of the foundational color work while your apprentices and assistants cover all areas of glossing or toning, whatever you want to call it, treatments and styling. So seniors could essentially, you know, they could bring in, I don't know, $500, $700 a day if they work one-on-one -on -one with a guest, or they could make like $1,400 a day if they were to work with apprentices, which 
If you've developed a profit share arrangement, that is going to reward your seniors so much more. They are going to kill it if they are stacking with the help of apprentices. And like I said, it's a win-win because you are nurturing and growing new talent, which is just creating a cycle within your business, a cycle of roles and a, and a chart of talent. So really clever way, bring newbies in, nurture them, grow them, get your seniors earning double, and then it's a cycle, right? You funnel them through. Okay, number four, career progression frameworks. I love this, I love this. So you can establish clear career progression frameworks and opportunities for your existing team. So whether this is something that you just wanna know and have in the back end, or if this is something that you wanna develop and present to your team so that they know where they can go in your business. But ultimately, I think it's just so important that you do have a transparent um, environment where people can communicate what their goals are and that way you can create career progression frameworks to suit individual stylists because not only is that going to motivate your current staff but it also creates a structured approach to internal growth which is going to reduce the likelihood of talent turnover because your stylist will see well that person got promoted to a leadership role. That person got offered an educator role. This person got offered to go on like a percentage split structure because they had been here for X amount of years. This person got sent to this education. Whatever it is, they will see and they will have an idea of where they can go within your company. And that's awesome. You're giving your team future. So make sure you have nutted that out. You've thought about that. You have built that kind of culture into your salon already really healthy, really good stuff to do for when you are expanding and bringing new people in. Okay, so when is it actually time for you to hire? So obviously when demand exceeds capacity, if your salon consistently turns away clients, if it cannot uh, ever accommodate last minute appointments requests, then that is a strong indicator that additional staff are needed, especially if your team are already stacking and if they're highly productive, if they are um, smashing their targets, their average client spend, they're rebooking all that stuff and you still have the demand, obviously, you probably need another senior stylist. The second thing is extended waiting time. So if clients are having to wait, and this kind of goes into demand exceeds capacity, you know, they're waiting like a month, six weeks, two months, you're losing those clients. So when people complain about not getting in, when people are like, God, like, unless I book 10 months in advance, I never get in here, which I think is a great marketing strategy, by the way. I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> I think it's very chic. Um, but that obviously shows that you need new stylists as well quality of service at risk so if the demand for services compromises the quality of your team's work or client experience it is time to consider bringing on new team because we need to maintain high standards that is crucial for long-term success we don't want your team burning out and feeling like all their appointment times have been cut down like one strategy obviously could be like instead of allowing two hours for a full head of highlights application. We are only allowing an hour. This was me in London. I went from a salon that allowed two hours to one hour, like, oh God. And the processing time was like 50, it was crazy. And I just couldn't cope. I wasn't trained to work that quickly. I mean, looking back now, I'm like, that was awesome. It literally kicked my butt into gear and I am so speedy now because of London. But I, 
it compromised um, my work and I actually left that salon when I worked in the UK because I was just like, I am not happy with the work I'm doing. I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. I can't cope with this. I wasn't ready. So you don't want to put that pressure on your team. The fourth thing is, you know, if your business has a really positive financial outlook. So if your salon is in a stable financial position with consistent revenue and profitability, it obviously suggests a readiness for expansion. So every month, get out your profit and loss statement, have a look. Are you making a profit? And if you are, what is that percentage? So can you aim to get it like 10% profit a month and then 20% and then eventually if you can get your business to um, consistently earn 30% just in profit, then that is a strong business model. That is good. A good rule of thumb, if your wages come in at 30 to 35% of your overall turnover, you're doing really well when it comes to wages. So that's your wages and all of the incentives and everything that you offer. If it's coming in super, super high, um, and this is something that I have been working on, so I know firsthand what to do. And if you want any tips, uh, DM me on Instagram. I am so happy to help you guys. Um, you obviously, so if your wage percentage is like 60% or higher, Obviously, there are, there are two very big things that we need to do. Well, options. We can either increase our revenue exponentially. So you need to make money faster without increasing your overhead. So you can't bring someone else in. You've either got to put your prices up. You need your team to become more productive. You need them to sell more or you need to, your clients to come back more frequently. That's how you make more money. Um, or cut down your time. And obviously we've already spoken about the consequences that can come with that if we go too hard. The other option is that you have to let go of someone. So someone who's not productive, if you have a receptionist or a front of house, that is telling that you can't afford them. And it is a terrible position to be in. And I know because I felt this and I've been here, when you feel like you have to consider letting go someone from your team because you can't afford them. We do not want you to operate in that space. So it's important that we come up with ways for you to increase your revenue. So super important that you look at your profit and loss statement regularly and measure it against your business summary so that you can see how you're tracking in the way of targets. Um, the other thing I would just say to finish off is that you want to make sure that you are uh, setting your apprentices up for success. So make sure that they have a growth plan. Like for example, I have three third year apprentices in my salon business at the moment. They are super capable and are on the verge of qualifying. So why would I consider hiring a new senior stylist when I already have three talented, amazing humans who are ready to qualify, um, who are ready to go out and make good money.